And now Money Matters with the Lewises, Doug, Linda, and Deborah, owners of Lewis Financial Management, a Raleigh-based financial planning firm providing investment and planning advice since 1983. Doug is a certified financial planner who could answer your questions about investments, retirement planning, and estate planning. Why not call Doug, Linda, and Deborah right now with your investment question at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Now, here's Doug, Linda, and Deborah. Investments offered through SFA, Inc., investment advice through Lewis Financial Management, SFA Inc. and Lewis Financial Management are not related entities. Hello, North Carolina. This is Doug Lewis, certified financial planner, once again welcoming you to Money Matters with the Lewises, Doug Linda and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters has been providing you with a personal financial hotline for all your questions about investments, estate planning, tax planning, money management, and retirement planning for over 30 years. And we want to remind you that your money matters. Hello there, your financial- North Carolina. This is Doug Lewis, certified. I Good I, evening. I think I heard myself again. <laughs> well, Good it's live radio. North Carolina. Thank you for joining us once again with Money Matters with the Lewis family. And this is Linda Lewis. And this is Doug Lewis, certified financial planner. And this is Deborah Lewis, certified financial planner. And we're here tonight to remind you that your money matters because your financial future is at stake and our family's here to help your family. So tonight, give us a call, 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783 about any of your money matters that are on your mind tonight. Well, the market uh, was up and down, but I think at the end... The Dow was up, and I know that a lot of folks. Yeah, I think a lot of folks have questions, don't they, Doug? Yeah, it's a very about what's happening. That's right, Linda. It's a very hard uh, paradigm to walk around inside of and understand what is causing the sudden volatilities. Of course, we know that the devaluation in China is a major issue. We also know that uh, there are. We're coming into uh, an election year, and of course, this always produces volatility. We have earlier in the year, we have the assurances that interest rates were going to rise, which of course is a disaster possible for the bond market. And yet now, with what's happening in China, there is uh, possibilities of that not happening. So all of these events are uh, causing up, down, up, down heavy volatility, and, of course, it produces more questions than answers to the individual. Now, to those of us who are certified financial planners who have been here, seen it, done it, not much you can show us that is going to surprise us. But on the other hand, it is very disconcerting to the individuals who don't have financial planners. That's what I was going to say. If you're trying to do it alone, you're going to feel uh vulnerable you're going to feel feel like a little tiny boat on an ocean just being tossed up and down every day a new story a new thing coming out and uh don't be that person any longer give us a call this is what we do we will um meet with you and help you 
calm your own waters, have a real genuine plan. That way when things change, whether it's macro level or it's your own personal level at the micro level, it doesn't feel so scary, so alone. I agree, Debs. Um, it is important to know that you're going in the right direction. Anyone that takes a journey, eventually, if you've, if you've left port, you want to arrive at your destination. And that's what we do every day at Lewis Financial Management in Midtown Raleigh. And that's what we've been doing for the last 32 years is helping folks like you, our listeners, uh, face the challenges of changes in your, uh, whether it's uh, in your world, whether it's in your work world, whether it's uh, planning for retirement, job loss, whatever the situation may be, sometimes it's just a matter of just sorting out all your stuff, as some folks say. Because most most uh, listeners that we've met with over the years, they're very diligent about saving, saving in a retirement plan. Or if they've inherited, trying to figure out where am I going to put this money? So whatever your questions are, write them down on a notebook or do them on the computer and then call us at Lewis Financial Management and work with a certified financial planner and get answers to your questions. Right, Doug? Yeah, there's no uh, there's no other solution other than having a plan, a plan that encompasses everything. As you said, Linda, encompasses not only your investments, but your future retirement and your estate, and all the other areas. And once you have a plan, then you stick with the plan. I have been enjoying giving away this book, The Middle Class Millionaire, recently. And again, I'm reminded how many of our clients started out 30-some years ago not as millionaires by a long shot, and they have become these middle-class millionaires. Some of them, of course, uh, are enjoying still listening to our radio show tonight. Uh, but my point is that with a plan... It is it is possible and probable, and without a plan, it is virtually impossible. Yeah, beautifully said. You can call right now, 919-860-9783 if you have a question. This is Money Matters on News Radio 680 WPTF. The Lewis family is live until 7 p.m. this evening, so call right now, 919-860-9783. Well, some of our listeners may be driving back from the beach, and here we are at the tail end of summer, and a lot of folks... Well, not quite the tail end of summer. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> We're maybe well, at the halfway point. Maybe, you know, like... <laughs> Only because school is starting. <laughs> for some folks, school has started. But anyway, uh, for some folks, what they've done this summer is shared a family vacation home, and... We have five tips for sharing a family vacation home, which means sometimes your folks are co-owning and sharing use of a family vacation home. That can be challenging. Wouldn't you agree, Doug? Yeah, I would definitely agree. And before I get into answering the the issue of how to take care of it, I wanted to answer uh Walter, Walter's on hold right now, Linda. He has a question for us. This is Doug Lewis, Walter, Certified Financial Planner. Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can we help you this evening? Hello, sir. How you guys doing? Fine. I'd like to say before I ask my question, Doug, I've stumbled upon your program in the early 90s by accident right out of high school and 
I implemented the things you said, and I've never made more than blue-collar money. And for those out there listening and have some young people in their lives, uh, my financial statements say if I make it to retirement, then I should be receiving about $8,000 a month. And a lot of that's just the educational things you've given us over the years. I appreciate that. Wonderful. Aww, By the way, where do, I send, where do I send you the check for saying that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let you answer this question. Go ahead. Go ahead, Walter. I'm calling for a friend slash client who's outside of your listening area. All right. Uh, her and her husband uh, live in extreme eastern North Carolina. All right. For a large corporation down there. All right. Unfortunately, they divorced in the mid-90s, and he intentionally, intentionally left her as the beneficiary of his 401k because they had a minor child. He never remarried. Uh, and a few years ago, he passed away, and the HR people in uh, this corporation are not letting her uh, receive the money as a beneficiary. Apparently, he never changed her to the new beneficiary after the divorce, but he never added anyone else as a beneficiary either. They told her some process she did not understand. She uh, let a lawyer look at it and a financial person in her city, and no one seems to know how to help her uh, receive this money. I said, I know somebody that may be able to help Tell me a little bit about their situation. How old is she? I would say now she is in her late 50s, early 60s. Late 50s, early 60s. Yes, and sir. she is the ex-wife of this individual. Yes, sir. All right, and the size of the 401k? She does not know. Uh, the account has been open about 28 years total. It could be substantial. One question, Walter. Was he currently in an employee when he passed away, or had he retired? To my knowledge, yes. He has been deceased about five years, and the estate has been closed other than this. If she will call me, I have had at least one, possibly two situations like this in the past. If she will call me, you say she's in eastern North Carolina, yes, very sir. far eastern. She's not the only one of our clients that are in that area, by the way. If she will go ahead and give us a call at 919-872-7000, that's 919-872-7000, mm-hmm. then I believe I can go ahead and help her claim what is hers outstanding. Walter, thank you so much for being a faithful listener. I really appreciate it, and uh, I look forward to one day meeting you face-to-face. Yeah. Yeah, and any... Hopefully, if the portfolio will increase a little bit more in the last next 10 years, I'll probably need to sit down with you at that point. (laughs) Well, don't wait that long. Come see us before then. (laughs) Yeah, have you... I don't know, Walter, have you been to our, our new website? Uh, no, I've heard you talking about it. Yeah, uh, I, I would, I would, uh, I'd appreciate your feedback. Pretty much everybody who has seen the new website really enjoys it because for so many years they know our voices, they know Linda's voice and my voice, but they never saw our faces, they never saw us in action at the firm, in the office, and so we have videos of the three of us individually, and I think, uh, yeah, I'd be curious to get your feedback. The, of course, okay. the, the website address is Doug and Linda. And, Walter, if you have any questions about your own personal situation so that we can make sure that you're prepared for retirement, call us at the office, and we'll be happy either to send you a packet and also uh, your friend 
um, it, it would be good for her to write down her questions as well. Okay, very good. All right. Well, thank you Again, so much. Thank you guys for being there. We All right. Thank you very much. Take care and have a wonderful week. You're Bye. listening to... To Money Matters with the Lewis family on News Radio 680 WPTF. If you've got a question, like Walter, call us on the open line with your questions. That number to call in Raleigh is 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Well, Doug, you are going to give us the first of five tips for sharing the family vacation home. Yeah, I would say, number one, know who owns it. Knowing how the house is actually and legally owned will go a long way to keeping the peace about how decisions are made. If you're the sole owner of the house or you own it with your wife, then ownership's fairly simple matter. But for many families, a house might have been passed down from parents to children, even to grandchildren, extended family, and in other cases, Related family members, like siblings, might decide to pool their resources together and buy a place together. Now, some families have set up entities such as limited liability companies, and that's fine to allocate ownership among family members. But because ownership is the starting point and legally the ending point for rights and responsibilities, make sure that everyone knows how much they own and how they own it. A second tip for sharing a family vacation home is have regular meetings. Homeowners should meet or have a group conference call on a regular basis to discuss any major issues that come up. And these will include long-term issues such as do we need a new roof and also short-term issues like who can use it for spring break. A third Tip might be creating rules for the, just the usage of the home. You will need to establish rules on when it can be used, who's responsible for the upkeep, what are the expectations for cleanliness and tidiness, and what to do when something unexpected occurs on the property. The home might mean very different things to different family members, and how they want to use it will reflect that. These topics are best discussed openly when the owners meet, and we always encourage us or a financial planner to be there, too. Yeah, and we have had those meetings in our office, of course. The fourth um, tip would be to decide on the allocation of the cost, because there are basically two kinds of costs for most vacation homes. You've got capital cost, and you've got cost related to ongoing usage. Capital cost, that's going to include things like uh purchases, any major changes, improvements to the property, such as a kitchen renovation. Owners should share capital costs proportionate to their ownership. Well, that's pretty simple, and they should be shared equally when the house is sold. But the questions can be difficult when the financial resources vary across the owners, and usage costs can become difficult to allocate when the level of use varies across family members, one member is using mm-hmm. it much more than the other and those use costs. So those types of issues need to be discussed again with the help of someone like myself, a, a certified financial planner who can keep the peace so that as things go on, there is no disagreement. And the fifth tip for sharing a family vacation home is The legal nature of the home's ownership will determine 
what family members can do with their interests in the event of a death or divorce or the possibility of a sale. And tenants in common can sell or gift their interests to anyone they choose, while the share of a tenant with rights or survivorship will automatically transfer to the other owners at death. So owners should discuss their wishes about what they can do with their ownership interests in each of these cases and other possible scenarios. So to all of our listeners, if you happen to own a vacation home jointly with other family members, you should also coordinate your estate plans with whoever owns the home to prevent any surprises if something should happen like the death a divorce or a sale. And the best time to do so is long before any of those circumstances arise. You're listening to Doug Lewis, certified financial planner, Linda Lewis and Deborah Lewis, certified financial planner, the Lewis family with Lewis Financial Management LLC in Midtown Raleigh. Call us at 919-872-7000 if you would like to schedule an appointment to address your Financial planning issues. This is Doug Lewis. Julie, how can I help you this Hi, evening? Hi, Doug. How are you? How are you, Julie? I'm fine. Um, I am a, a financial novice. I have no idea really about investments and that sort of thing. I do have a 401k plan through work, and mm-hmm. I do have some stop, stock options through work that I've just recently begun purchasing. Um, you purchasing options? Well, maybe I'm not saying the right thing, but I'm buying stock through work. Oh, you're on a stock purchase plan. Oh, okay. 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 An option is the right to buy stock, but you're actually buying the stock probably at a discount. Probably so. We have a small home that we would like to eventually turn over and, and buy a better home. And also, we've got two young boys that within the next 10 years will be going to college. And I'd like to do something about building up our financial base so that we can do some of the things that we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we need is somebody to sit down with with some no-nonsense ideas that, that can maybe set us straight. Mm-hmm. Um, does your company offer that sort of advice? or? Yeah, that's what we do for a living, as a matter of fact. that's uh, we're, we're financial planners, and we sit down and we take a look at your income, mm-hmm. and we look at your assets. That means everything you own. And we look at your liabilities. That's everything you owe. What else do we do, Linda? Uh, we look at the tax returns, mm-hmm. federal and state, the most current ones that you have. Right. And then the last thing is uh, your living expenses. That's the most important one. And then we lo- then we try and figure out what are your goals. Mm-hmm. For example, you mentioned education, two boys. Right. That's the college education plan. Right. And we got to find out. How- By the way, how old are the kids? Um, they're eight and ten. You have an eight and a ten, so you have basically eight years on one and ten years on the other. Right. And then we also have to go ahead and look at your retirement. We look at uh, find what we call financial independence. And in both of those cases, we target a future dollar figure. In mm-hmm. other words, we have to find out how much will you need to pay for the college education. And then we back into the next step of how much you need to set aside on a regular monthly basis now to make sure that you have enough to reach that point then. Mm-hmm. Same thing with retirement. And then sometimes we'll take a look at the expenses and find out if, in other words, if you don't have enough to reach those goals, and we have to find out where you need to cut back because it's a matter of just making your decisions how to get to the right place that you want to get to. Right. 
Doug, isn't an emergency fund an important thing at the beginning? Before we do the asset allocation model, we have to establish an emergency fund. So if your question, uh, Julie, is what does a financial planner and a financial planning firm do, then that's exactly what they do. They identify your needs and your goals. They analyze. It's a six-step process, actually, but they analyze where you're at now, what you have, how much it will take to get where you want to go, and will you make it, and then makes recommendations how to go ahead and get there, what to do, and so forth. And that process is usually a non-sales, it should be a non-sales process. It should be a process which is designed towards the advice. I see. Julie, I can send you a packet of information if you'd like to call the office uh, during the week. And our number is 8727000, here in Raleigh. And I'll, I'll be happy to send you a sort of an introductory packet that gives you some information that I think you would find very helpful and interesting to read. Mm-hmm. as far as establishing some goals and, and getting some direction. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Thank you for calling, Julie. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. If Julie's call sparked a question in your mind, you can give us a call tonight, 919-860-9783. That's the open line to the Lewis family tonight on Money Matters. Again, all you have to do is pick up your phone and dial 919-860-9783. Recently, a reader wrote into the News and Observer a question uh, in regard to a financial question that they had. And here's the question that they wrote in. My daughter has an inherited IRA annuity and wants to cash it in. It was set up so she has to take a yearly distribution. If she withdraws the entire amount, she will be taxed about 40% because of her income and federal tax penalty for early withdrawal. Is there a way she can move, can move this money to another investment fund that wouldn't tax her as much if she withdrew it? Now, Doug, Linda, we get a version of this question often and frequently. So this is a typical situation. So if this is your question, call us tonight. Let us try and help you answer your own question. Yeah, the, uh, the IRA beneficiary is going to either be one of two kinds of people. There is no third. It's going to be a spouse. Or a non-spouse. Okay. Dogs can't inherit IRAs. Okay. okay. Neither can cats, only humans, <laughs> and they will either be a spouse or a non-spouse. So a non-spouse, and it's typically going to be a, do- a child, just like uh, this question here. The child really has three options and three options only. She can withdraw the entire amount in one year and subject that distribution to federal and state income taxes and indeed, it's going to be probably 40 or maybe 40, a little bit more than 40%. And that, of course, is the least desirable option. That's one choice. Choice number two, she can take it over five years and spread the taxes over five years. And then choice number three is to do something which is a, a very, I would say it's getting more and more um, attention these days. Sometimes they're called beneficiary IRAs. Sometimes they're called stretch IRAs. Sometimes they're called inherited IRAs. But a child may not treat the IRA as their own. They cannot do that. A spouse can. The spouse can go in and take it 100% tax-free. That's right. Roll it into their own. That's right. That's right. If you have a $5, million, do- own, right. you have a $5 million IRA and you die uh, and you leave it and your wife 
Inheritance is, is alive. She can receive the entire five million tax free into her own IRA, or even if she doesn't have an IRA, she can set up one right away and receive it tax free. But the child cannot. The child cannot contribute to the IRA or make any rollovers into or out of the IRA. So what happens is now in this third choice, if she doesn't want to go ahead and pay the 40% tax as a one-time withdrawal or the five-year uh, tax over five years, she can then go ahead and set it up as a beneficiary IRA. These inherited IRAs would then be titled such as, let's say, Child Jane Beneficiary IRA of Deceased Mother Joan IRA. So she identifies it that way. She's not taking possession of it. And then what happens is there is something called a required minimum distribution, otherwise known as the RMD. Now, Doug, I have a question. Let's say there was more than one beneficiary. Well, if there's more than one beneficiary, maybe uh, maybe she left it to two or three children. It's the exact same story. They can take it as a lump and pay the tax. They can take it over five years and pay the tax in fifths. Or they can set it up as far as different stretch or beneficiary IRAs. But what I'm pointing us to is there is always a required minimum distribution, which is going to be taxed. And that required minimum distribution is based on the life expectancy of the daughter. So the daughter inherits the IRA, and now her distribution is spread over her life. So the tax, which has to be paid, is paid in little tiny, tiny little dribbles. There is I knew one. you were going to say dribbles. <laughs> that was in my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, if these required minimum distributions are not taken, then you run into a huge penalty, which is a 50% penalty. Now, you can always take a distribution larger than the required minimum. You won't owe any penalty. It just may put you in a higher tax bracket. So spending a little time, a little money for a consultation with someone like myself or like my daughter, Deborah, we are certified financial planners. It would be a wise move for this individual. Uh, losing 40% of taxes makes no sense. And, and then the question of the changing the investment, which was the second part of the question. Yes. We want to realize that the IRA is a container. We always talk about investments in our office as chickens because chickens are a nice illustration. Chickens give off eggs. Investments give off income. So we call the investments chickens. Then we call the IRA a chicken house. Chicken house. Because this is a container or a protector of your assets, your in, your uh, investments. Right. And the protection is from the IRS, so it's about taxes. So right. This thing called the chicken house is the IRA. And the important thing is never to confuse the chickens with the chicken house. Right. Don't confuse the annuity that she wrote in about with the IRA. Once you go ahead and use a stretch IRA, she can move that annuity over to the stretch IRA, then surrender it, and they will not go ahead and trigger a tax event. 
and then get new chickens. That's right. She can add whatever kind of chicken she wants. She can add mutual and funds. Usually, she can do anything she wants. When a, when a, when a non-spouse, meaning a child beneficiary of an IRA, usually by definition, you have a longer life expectancy. So therefore you're going to have different investment needs. You're going to want to change those chickens. That's right. That's exactly. right. Exactly. You know, if you, if you were, yeah, um, and a, an annuity for a, I don't know how old the daughter was right. who wrote the who the the writer wrote in about her daughter, but let's say the daughter was only thirty five or forty years old. An annuity would be absurd, right? I mean, you'd be more much more likely to be in growth investments. That's so, right. So yeah, the chicken house and the chickens are different. You have to evaluate each, and you have to know what you're you know needing. So if you're out there listening, this is Money Matters with the Lewis family on News Radio six eighty WPTF. And if you have inherited an IRA, maybe you're the beneficiary of an IRA. Maybe you've accumulated two hundred, three hundred, or four hundred thousand in your previous four hundred one k, and it's still sitting there. And maybe you need a second opinion about what you should be doing. Call us at Lewis Financial Management. We're in Midtown Raleigh, nine one nine eight seven two seven thousand. That's 919-872-7000. We'll be happy to help you with your questions about your retirement planning and what you should do with what you've inherited. And if something's on your mind tonight, give us a call right now, 919-860-9783. We're just over halfway done with the show here, and the Lewis family is live until 7 p.m. tonight. So give us a call if you've got a question Pick up your phone and dial 919-860-9783. Doug, you know, I just, Doug and Deborah, I just, uh, had one thought because, uh, the last, uh, topic about, uh, inheriting an, uh, an annuity yes, in an IRA. Anyone that has an IRA needs to make sure that their beneficiary is correct. Right. Well, and that that's going back to Walter's, Walter's question. Call. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is, is that as we prepare for the radio show, as we prepare for our week, as we meet with a client, as we review with long term clients who've been with us maybe for decades, the same thought is always first and foremost on my mind, on Doug's mind, which is the review process of beneficiary designation forms is very important. It is not something that is going to pass by the will or the estate instructions. This is something that is specific to inheriting the 401k when the husband predeceases you and you are, or he was an ex-husband, like in Walter's uh, friend's situation. Or if you're just starting out and you're opening up your own first 401k and you're single and then later you get married, this beneficiary designation form is very important. Review it, have a copy of it. If you have questions about it or how to change it, Call me at the office. I'm always fielding questions in regard to these. Our number in Raleigh is 919-872-7000. Speaking of questions, Doug and Linda, I do a lot of reading and found um, a couple question and answers in the Kiplinger uh, retirement report. And I thought a few of these might be interesting for our readers to see if it was their situation. One of the questions was, when a charity and children inherit a single IRA, and if the person would like the two sons to inherit, how do they make sure that they, as equal beneficiaries, do this the correct way? 
Yeah, this is tricky. Uh, the first answer, the first thing to, to, to realize is, can you do it? And of course you can do it. And as you said earlier, Deborah, there is, no matter what your will says, it has nothing to do. Your will can say that I want my IRA to go to John or Jane or whomever, but the beneficiary on the IRA is the overriding legal uh, document. And now here we have, what about having two sons and a charity as equal beneficiaries of an IRA? Yes, you can do it. But you have to advise uh, the guy who wrote in, he had the sons, so he has to advise his sons of the steps they need to take right after you die. Because the sons, if they don't make sure that the charity gets its share out by September 30th of the year after you die, then the sons are not going to be able to do stretch IRAs. And that means they're going to have to pay that 40%, let's say. On the other hand, uh, if the charity gets its share by September 30th, then your sons are going to be able to take required minimum distributions over their life expectancies, and that would allow the, that IRA to grow tax-deferred maybe for decades. So uh, I would say it's a great question, but you got to remember the charity has to take its part out first. And I like what you said, Doug. It could be for decades because if the person was like 35, then it could be definitely for decades. All right. I think we have a caller on hold. Let's take John's call. John, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can we help you this evening? Yes, Doug. My grandson, I took out an UGMA for my grandson, and he's on his way to college. And uh, I want to know what's the best way for him to take it out. He's 18. All right. So this is a unif- This is an UGMA, not an UTMA. A UGMA, not a UTMA. Uniform. Yes, sir. A UGMA account, Uniform Gift to Minors account, is different from a UTMA, a Uniform Transfer to Minors account. Now, if it is a UGMA then legally at 18, the money is his. Right. Okay. All right. Now, your question is, how does he take it out? Yeah. How best to take it out? Well, what does he want to do with it? Well, it's it's subject to change as far as the stock market is concerned. And so rather than lose a certain amount, he just want to take it and put it in another type account. Okay, so how old is, uh, how much money is in the UGMA? About 15000 All right, so the first thing is he can take that money out. As a matter of fact, it is legally his, or, and we have done this many a time with our clients when this has occurred, we have just changed the ownership from, let's, let's say the boy's name is, is Johnny. We've changed the ownership from UGMA to Johnny. And it stays in the same investments. Well, he wants to get out of it because he doesn't want to be um, concerned about the changes in the stock market. Then it's and what, well, so he just wants to take the money and put it in the bank. Yeah. Well, there's no problem. You just you that just call up. Good. Where? Who's the broker? Where's the money? Where's the UGMA held? Exxon. Exxon. A S A. AXA. 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 The insurance people. Yeah. yeah. He just, just call the broker and say that you want, that he, he, that he, he wants to get a check sent to him. 
And he can put it in a money market account, right? Well, he, yeah, well, he could put it, get the check and do At what he wants with it. The there's state. no, there's no restrictions. It's legally his money now. Right. Now, he is subject to some taxation for state and federal? Well, I don't know what taxation. I mean, once the investment is sold inside the account, uh, I mean, what, what taxation would be investment? Yeah, there's Maybe nothing. Capital yeah, gains, yeah but... well, there's there's nothing he can do about any taxes. It's his money. No, no, I know it's nothing he can do. But it, is it subject to taxation? I don't think there's any tax he's going to pay on it. If it is, it would be at his tax bracket. How old is? I mean, how? What he's is 18. he? He's eighteen years old. Does he old. have a job? I mean, does he have any earned income? No. Well, then he's not going to have to pay any tax. I mean, the only thing I could think of would be capital gains well, if the investment inside were sold. But, no, but $15,000 capital yeah. gain tax at, at that income bracket is zero. I, yeah, I can't think of how, but I mean. I think you just want to but put, first of all, John, I just want to say congratulations that your grandson's going to college. Yeah, I feel great about that. You know, I know you're just a proud grandpa. Yeah. And I think the most important thing is for you to take him out and. Either go out for pizza or something and put your arm around his shoulder and say, son, <laughs> grandpa saved this money for you. You need to be wise, right? Because right. right. so he's on his way to Cornell. So yeah. Oh, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> Fireworks, congratulations. Yeah. Well, you've been very helpful. I do appreciate it. Well, John, if we can help you with any of your own financial planning questions, we would be very happy to do so. Are you a new listener? Have you listened for some time? I've been listening, and I've been so lazy trying to get some things together. I I possibly will be calling you sometime once I get this lazy streak out of well, I might be able to help you with that lazy streak. I've got a little one of mine that by, that pops up every now and then. Uh, but I will tell you the five things. If you jot down five things, this will help you. Okay. For you to meet with me, I need five things. Number one, I need a list of everything you own and everything you owe. Do you have any debts or, do you, or are you debt free? Debt current. Okay. No debts. So all you do is write down everything you own and tax return. That could be. Uh, well, just wait. All right. Let's mm-hmm. take them one by one. That okay. can be that can be on the back of a napkin, or it can be a financial statement. I just need a list of everything you own. Mm-hmm. That'd be your investments, your real estate, your home, any everything you own. Okay. That's number one. Then number two, like Linda said, I need your last year's tax return. Have you got a 2014 tax return? Oh yeah. All right. We're we're, we're getting getting rid of this uh, lazy streak real fast because you got two of them done. Okay. <laughs> Number three, uh, are you retired? Yes. Okay. So you're, I need a projected income for the coming year, for the current year, for 2015. Projected income from Social Security and uh, whatever investments. Retirement you have any, income, yeah, uh, pensions. Yeah, all your income sources. Uh, I just need a ballpark number there. Okay. All right. Uh, for you and yeah, for, your wife. Mm-hmm. Number now, four. Linda, I believe you said something about having a starter kit for getting this stuff together. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, and I'm giving you, I'm giving you what's going to be in the starter okay. kit. Yes, okay. I am. All right. So I've covered three of them. The fourth one is a list of your expenses, and that's usually the hardest. So in my starter kit, Linda will send you a list of every kind of possible expense, and you just do your best at throwing those numbers in there. If 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 your expenses are hard for you, and a lot of clients, it's hard for them. Mm -hmm. 
but you just do your best. It doesn't have to, it's not, it's not urgent. Do your best, uh, so we know what your needs are. So and now we got those five, we got those four things, a list of everything you own, your tax return, your projected income for the current year, and your expenses. And the fifth one, I don't need because you're a retiree. That would be a pay stub, but I don't need that one. The because, quarterly estimates. Yeah, but I don't, I, I don't yeah. need that, Linda. All right. And if you would like, Linda will send you that little starter kit that you go ahead and fill in those. And then you call us back and schedule an appointment to meet with me or meet with Deborah, and we will cover every one of your financial questions you've got. Okay, that sounds good. Well, John, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. You're a special listener, and we appreciate you calling tonight. Mm -hmm. And you have a wonderful rest of the summer. Okay, thank you. All right, and have a great week. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis Family on News Radio 680. WPTF, and we appreciate all our listeners. And if you've got a question, call us on the open line. You can dial that number at 919-860-9783. We've got just about 15 minutes left in the show tonight, and we can probably squeeze in one or two more calls. So give us that call right now, 919-860-9783. Another question that was written in was, I just received an inheritance. Does that count towards Social Security earnings test? Yeah, the answer to that question, Deborah, is no. Social Security earnings, the limit only applies to earnings from work. That's for an employer or from self-employment. It does not apply to income from inheritances. It does not apply to pensions or investment income or retirement accounts. So the answer is no, the Social Security earnings test has nothing to do with this kind of, of income inheritance. Well, very good. Well, another article was an article that referenced the seven challenges of becoming suddenly wealthy. Yes, this was in wealth management. And, um, you know, over the past 32 years at Lewis Financial Management, we've been helping people that have had these kinds of experiences. And these are the folks who come into sudden wealth that have problems. And there are seven real challenges for those who come into sudden wealth, be it inheriting the family's millions or winning the lottery. And it can help to understand these struggles and to create a game plan. You know, looking back over the last 30-some years, I would say this matter of sudden wealth, uh, I can remember different types of sudden wealth uh, situations. Number one, uh, there was the horrible tragedy of uh, the early death of a parent, and the child has, has inherited a large amount of money, and it wasn't supposed to happen. The parent might have only been in their 50s or something like that. And, of course, this is one. We've had a number of those. Then number two, there is the physical tragedy where there has been a huge uh, physical uh, tragedy and there's been a... Perhaps, yeah, one of the spouses dies and leaves the remaining spouse with this inheritance. Well, okay, that's another whole one I'm talking about. All right, the the one I'm thinking of uh, where we've had several of those is where there's been a physical tragedy personally and there's been an insurance allotment. Okay, where well, the insurance company has given uh, a large amount of money 
uh, because of this kind of a of a terrible situation. But then there's the kinds you're talking about, Deborah. That's number three, and this is the more normal one, where after living together for so many years, he dies, and she now has inherited a large amount, and this is her sudden wealth. And the fourth type of sudden wealth that I'm thinking of is uh, it's the it's the entrepreneur who grew a business and then sold it, and bam. Here comes some millions. So these areas of sudden wealth, we've seen them all. That's right. But as you said, Linda, all of them have the same seven challenges. And the first of these seven challenges is squaring away the emotional impact. Yeah, the article said when someone's financial circumstances change significantly, the reactions can be vast. But for most, it's usually sadness particularly after the dust settles. While they know they're supposed to be happy, instead they experience a sense of loss because the life they knew is essentially over. Yeah, it's a new life now. All of a sudden, you are a millionaire, and you don't know what to do. And a second uh, challenge that people face that the article said is the challenge of making decisions. Yeah, Linda, the big challenge with someone who suddenly inherits or comes into millions is that he or she can become overwhelmed with their choices. They have so many options that they become immobilized, paralyzed. It may sound heavenly, but the reality is that having infinite options is often stifling. So really, in a case like this, you need to work with a certified financial planner like myself, like my daughter, Deborah, so you can learn all about your wealth itself before moving forward. Yeah. Another challenge to the suddenly wealthy is that you're going to need to find and develop passions. It's not hard for most of us to identify what our hobbies and passions are, but our range range of options is limited, usually bound by time and money. For those without those constraints, it can be tricky to settle on just a few. Yet it's important for wealthy clients to do so or risk exhaustion or overextension. A lot of folks want to know, what do I do with my time? Well, the fourth challenge of the sudden, suddenly wealthy is, what do I do about choosing charities and causes to support? Yeah, this is, uh, this is a big deal because it may not be your passion or your favorite charity, but the arrival of this windfall wealth is also going to mean the arrival of truckloads of letters requesting assistance, suggestions from well-intentioned friends recommending, oh, such and such amazing organization, they need some funding. And if you cut that check, you're going to hear from them, as well as other organizations who are looking for benefactors. So finding a balance between not letting organizations know where the money is coming from and wanting to give, this becomes crucial. Another challenge, maintaining meaningful friendships. Removing money from friendships is often the first step for individuals who suddenly inherit wealth. So one of the most challenging moments arrives when a friend asks for a loan. Yeah, clients experience this after maybe growing up as a middle-class individual in a rural town. They inherit millions of dollars right out of high school, and suddenly the case I'm thinking of, he moves to a larger city, he buys a million-dollar house, then his old high school friends visit him. Later on, they move in rent-free, 
and now the relationships, the friendships awkward. It's like he can't charge them rent and yet resentment is festering in, in his being. And, and so this matter of maintaining meaningful friendships, really many inheritors have to find new friends in similar economic circumstances. And that is, uh, that's very important to realize because you generally won't have the same relationship with your old friends once they find out that you've inherited a number of millions of dollars. Now, uh, the sixth challenge of the suddenly wealthy is you might want to consider a prenuptial and cohabitation agreements as well. It's not the most romantic conversation, but many inheritors have to have the conversation with future spouses around a prenup. And interestingly, many times prenup agreements are required by the terms of the trust or the family office distribution processes. So by the fact that, but just the fact that someone has a prenup doesn't mean that it protects them. Well, these definitely are challenges if you become suddenly wealthy. And the article said that the seventh challenge is to find a therapist, but really what you need is a financial planner. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I disagree. You don't need to find a therapist because the therapist is only going to be able to operate within the level of their, uh, their skill set. But you need to seek out a certified financial planner such as myself to talk about the changes that you undergo as part of the inheritance process. You need to find someone who can give advice on not only investments, but taxes, and estate planning, retirement, trusts, ownership, all these matters, and has worked with others in the same situation. To do so is hard, but it's not hard for us. Call us at Lewis Financial Management, 919-872-7000, 919-872-7000. We have been doing just this for over 30 years. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis Family on News Radio 680. WPTF. We appreciate you, all of our listeners. Uh, we are the voice of financial planning in the triangle. Call us if you have questions and leave us your phone number and your name and your situation. Call us at 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. So, Doug, what's new in the world of tax planning? Well, you know, Hillary Clinton has proposed a capital gains tax of her own, and a lot of people are asking, how does it work? What exactly is it? Now, she's proposed major changes to current capital gains tax rates and holding periods. Her view, her view is that this will encourage corporate managers to focus on long-term growth. But we do need to look a little closer to see what exactly those changes mean for the individual investors. Now, her proposed changes would affect only people in the top income tax bracket, which in 2015, this is people who make over $460,000 of taxable income. Now, taxpayers who have lower incomes, they would continue to pay a top bracket rate of zero at the low end to 15% at the high end, and they also have to pay that 3%, 3 3.8% surtax. Under her proposal... Top bracket taxpayers would have to hold an investment for six years instead of the current term of one year for them to qualify for the lowest rate of 23% on capital gains. If they're held for less than six years, 
then they qualify for sliding rates and holding it for two years or less makes it all the way up at 39.6%. By the time you add uh, North Carolina, you're over 40%. So this becomes a disaster. If you put in the 3.8 surtax, you're at over 43, closer to 50%. The, the situation that I would alert the public to is that her plan would shrink the difference between the tiers of rates, which further tilts the decision towards selling without waiting. In other words, if you are following this logic, it's going to go against financial planning because you won't be able to do rebalancings. Every time that you rebalance to safely protect your portfolio, you're triggering that time. And now you're paying those highest tax rates. So it's really, uh, in my opinion, it is not a very good situation at all. Uh, I really, I'm, I'm more concerned that the public doesn't understand it. I think we do have, let me see, do we have one caller? No, it looks like we lost our caller. You know, this has been an interesting evening, Linda and Deborah. We've touched on tax planning, investment planning, IRA planning, rollovers, Beneficiaries. Beneficiaries. There are a lot of things that are in the world of financial planning. And and I want to always remind the public there is a major difference between money management and financial planning. And, and what is that difference, Doug? Let's, let's define that a little bit. Well, you got an invitation the other day. You got a very attractive, glossy po- uh, postcard in the mail the other day. I thought it was beautiful. It was Free dinner. <laughs> well, I mean, I thought it was a very nice restaurant you were invited to, Linda. Yes, I was. Yeah, and uh, and it, it told you you were invited to a free dinner on investments and how you could go ahead and avoid certain issues with regard to your retirement tax. And and as you read it, wasn't it beautiful? It was. It was a nice It was a wonderful and it, sound, it sounded like it was going to really solve all of your problems until you handed it to me and I showed you in very light, light print in tiny, tiny text at the bottom of that invitation, you were alerted to the fact that this was an insurance company. And of course, that told me you were being invited to a free dinner to come and hear about annuities. So this is not financial planning. This is a sales pitch to sell annuities. Correct. That's not what you want. Financial planning encompasses every part of your financial life. It should encompass no sales pitch of any investments. It should encompass how to plan for your entire world. It should encompass the world of investments, absolutely. But that 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 investment portion doesn't come until after the end of the process of gathering the information, analyzing the information, what we call EGADIM. You remember EGADIM, Deborah? I do, I do. So E would be for establishing the relationship. G would be gathering the data that you would need to provide us as financial planners. A, analyzing that data. That's what we as the planner would do for you. Develop a plan would be the D in EGADIM. And then we need to implement that plan. And then the last part, of course, is what goes on for the rest of your life and the rest of our relationship. We're going to monitor that plan. That's right. And we charge an hourly fee for that process. You are getting advice. You're not getting a sales pitch. You're getting advice. That is financial planning. Planning is much more than money management. 
and I think I hear the music coming. So everybody remember your money matters because your financial future is at stake, and we are the Lewis family here to help you. You've been listening to Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters provides you with a personal financial hotline on any subject where money really matters. For more information, you can call Doug, Linda, or Deborah in Raleigh at 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. Or go to DougAndLinda.com. And listen again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for more Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis on News Radio 680 WPTF.